Over the past 19 months, we've been introduced to a lot of different terms, things that maybe we've never heard before. And maybe they stand out because we're in a pandemic, because we get introduced to a lot of new terms all the time. Rewind time 20 years. Smartphone, not a thing. Not a thing. Instagram, also not a thing. Twitter, what? Why would we, why would, what? Twitter? What is it? What are you talking about? Twitter. That's what a bird does. See what I mean? So many different terms. We're going to look at a term right now that maybe is brand new. Maybe is something that we need to understand a little bit more. And that term is moral injury. Moral injury. How do we define that? Well, that's not for me to say. I don't fall into the category of being smart enough to tackle things like that. But fortunately, we have someone who can help us to understand what that means. Please welcome to London Live, Dr. Ruth Lanius, Associate Scientist at Lawson and Professor at Western Schulich School of Medicine and Dentistry. Dr. Lanius, thank you so much for being here. Good afternoon, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. Moral injury. I'm trying to even figure out where this begins. What is a moral injury? Really, that something occurs following an event that conflicts with a person's moral values or standards. And it actually was first defined in terms of uh, military personnel, you know, when they had to kill a civilian, for example, to keep their troops safe. Often, you know, they were left with moral wounds that began to eat them up inside. So if we're asked to do something and our brain, our conscience, whatever it is, is telling us, no, 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 I shouldn't be doing this, but yet you have to do it anyway, is that where a moral injury can come from? That's dead on, Mike. And of course, we've been experiencing this, especially among healthcare workers, but also other workforces and civilians during the pandemic. So... Let's look at at that and and how those moral injuries may have come about or how those situations may have come about in healthcare. Where are they coming from? So I think they can come from a variety of factors. One is for example if the healthcare workers had to deny family members visits to their dying relatives and I've talked to a lot of healthcare workers that continue to feel very bad and guilty around this. Or uh, healthcare workers talk about, especially the intensive care unit staff, how they had to often provide care that was quite invasive without there being much hope for the individual to survive. And that's often left a feeling of, you know, this moral guilt and sometimes shame around that. And then also a lot of feelings of betrayal have come up. And People have felt betrayed by institutions they've worked for. For example, at the beginning of the pandemic, there wasn't enough personal protective equipment. Later on in the pandemic, especially in waves two and three, there were significant staff shortages. And so people felt betrayed that they didn't have enough resources to really provide the care that they're used to provide. We are talking right now with Dr. Ruth Lanius, who is an associate scientist at Lawson and also a professor at Western Schulich School of Medicine and Dentistry. And we're going to talk in just a moment about researchers and what they are doing to try and understand some of what Dr. Lanius has been pointing out. Because Dr. Lanius, you know, 
unless you know a healthcare worker directly, unless they even want to talk about this, we can't imagine what it's been like to bring some of this stuff home at the end of the day, because how can you not? Absolutely. And that's why a lot of healthcare workers describe feeling very isolated, right? A lot of people don't understand what they're actually going through. Well, you're going to try to do that, and you are trying to do that. What is it that you're looking at right now and attempting to gain information about? So the first thing we do is we do an interview with the healthcare workers to understand their experience, and we know that each individual's experience is different. And then we're trying to study what happens in the brain when a healthcare worker recalls a morally injurious event they may have experienced. And is this research something that is finding anything so far? Would you rather wait until you have all of the research done? No, we have some preliminary findings, and they're very much showing uh, two pieces that are, I think, very important to these feelings of guilt, shame, and betrayal that relate to moral injury. One is we're finding alterations in a network that really deals with how you perceive yourself in the world and your identity. It's called the default mode network. And the other piece we're seeing is that we're seeing areas activate in the brain that really deal with visceral distress, so that gnawing sensation you have in your stomach or you know, feeling like you're being eaten up inside, which often occurs in the aftermath of moral injury. And so we're finding that these visceral distress areas are driving the way you perceive yourself in the world, which is often, I'm bad, I didn't do a good enough job, and I'm not a good enough person. Wow. We're talking with Dr. Ruth Lanius right now, who is a psychiatrist at London Health Sciences Center and also an associate scientist at Lawson and a professor at Western Schulich School of Medicine and Dentistry. Put yourself in the shoes of a healthcare worker right now, somebody who has had to make some of those decisions, as Dr. Lanius pointed out. You have to decide that, no, your family member cannot come in and see you, even though there is a very good chance that you might not survive what you're dealing with right now, be it COVID-19, for example, or you have to do an invasive procedure and you're ordering that even though you know it, it probably won't have the greatest outcome for a patient. And these are things that you're taking home, the responsibility that you are feeling. And now this study is showing that there are things that are happening inside these individuals are there any outlets right now for someone who is in health care and may have suffered a moral injury? Or is, is this new enough that, Dr. Lanius, maybe there aren't? Actually, there are. And here at Western, uh, people have really been leaders in supporting uh, and really developing good peer support programs, which I think are critical to help overcome moral injury. And what our group is hoping to do is really develop brain-guided treatments to moral injury, to, so really to look at the brain changes that we're seeing and helping these brain changes guide our treatments in the future. Can these brain changes be, be permanent? We don't know that yet, and uh, we're very hopeful because we've seen this with uh, other traumatic events that these brain changes can be reversed or normalized in response to treatment. 
Okay, so this this aims to add a whole lot of context to what is taking place, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it really makes the invisible injury of moral injury visible, which I think can be extremely validating from people for people who are really suffering. Yeah, how much of a stigma might there be with something like that? Because we're not talking about a blow to the head that may have caused an injury. We're talking about something that is that is far you know, far less visible, as you say. Is there a stigma that you feel exists? Can you go to an employer and say, here's what I'm dealing with and worry that they're not going to understand? And I think that brings us to the stigma of mental health, which has been a problem. I think we've come a long way, but I think we also have a long way to go. So I think really making these uh, moral wounds more visible will help us to reduce stigma in the future and really make it easier for people to seek treatment and have hope that they can get better. Dr. Lanius, thank you for your role in that, and thank you for being with us today to explain this. Thanks for having me, Mike. That's Dr. Ruth Lanius. Dr. Lanius is an associate scientist at Lawson Health Research Institute and a professor at Western Schulich School of Medicine and Dentistry, looking at moral injury, which, again, you might look at and say, that's not a thing. What do you mean, moral injury? No, this this is a thing. And when you try and at least picture putting on the shoes of somebody who is in healthcare or even as Dr. Laney has pointed out, we're looking at military personnel as being maybe a, a, a very specific example of someone who has to go against what they believe or what they believe to be what they should be doing, and that has consequences. That has after effects, and now we're seeing it in healthcare workers, and that's what this study at Western is looking to do. And as Dr. Laney has points out, there are peer supports But this, again, is getting to something that isn't maybe well-known, isn't well-documented for sure. And this research will hope to document it to a greater point where you can say, no, when somebody has to do that, think about the story that we had. It came out of Italy first at the start of the pandemic, where you had medical professionals having to say, we have one ventilator here. This person is 60. This person is 80. We're going to give this ventilator to the person who is 60 because the person who is 80 has had 20 more years to live. And then they have to watch the person who is 80 suffer and perhaps even die. And, yeah, that's that's going to have lasting impact. We have seen moral judgments like that have to be made in Alberta. So this is a real thing. It's a new term for most of us, but it is something that is great to have more research about. Moral injury, something we've learned about today.